0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 That Time When podcast. It's felt like a while, if I'm being honest, since I last said that. And joining me for this audio-only dive into the history of Formula One, it is, of course, Tom Bellingham and Dan Thorne, two of my favourite people in lockdown.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: We're not together, of course, because that's sad and we're not allowed to at the moment, but we will hopefully soon be uh, back in the presence of ourselves. But today we are talking about that time when Jarno Trulli won a dramatic race at Monaco in 2004. Now, I'm a Shumi fan, very happy to talk about this season as a whole. Uh, No particular reason, apart from the fact he absolutely dominated 2004. And he was, in fact, on a five-race winning streak, which was equaling Nigel Mansell's record, until Yano Trulli came along.
2: Or Montoya came along, as uh, we'll find out (laughs) later.
0: (laughs) Indeed. So Ferrari had had three one-twos, and their car was just ridiculous, wasn't it? It was uh, streaks ahead of the rest. Shumi was absolutely in his, like, prime form in terms of just banging out result after result after result uh but after Ferrari was was B.A.R. which uh was that was that kind of a surprise to to have B.A.R. that far up the grid
1: absolutely yeah yeah I mean they sort of come along in 99 with all these uh Stories about how they were going to be the best team and winning races and championships straight away, but they were stuck in the midfield for years. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Villeneuve disappears from the team. You got Jensen Button and Takuma Sato, and suddenly they've built this cracking car which is better than pretty much everything except the Ferrari.
2: I bet they were gutted that the the year they actually managed to build a winning car is the year that Ferrari were just absolutely unstoppable because the year before that was. Um, actually surprisingly close a lot of people forget that 2003 was a close season because you just remember this era of Schumacher just winning every single race and Barry Kelly finishing second every race but the 2003 was pretty close with uh, Williams and M- McLaren but the fact that BAR finally kind of nailed it with their car and they couldn't win because Ferrari were just unbelievable.
0: Ridiculous, redonkulous and it was great to watch if you're a Ferrari slash Schumi fan. Maybe not so much for Barrichello but the season headed to to Monaco uh, where Schumacher of course was looking quick again aiming to equal Senna's Monaco win record. Uh, but, you know, there was a few people looking quick. One of them was was the big man, Jano Trulli, mainly known for his incredible qualifying pace uh, and then slightly worse in the race in terms of... He usually used to fill up a lot, didn't he? He had a heavy tank and was just very slow and and created what was known as the Trulli train.
2: The, the the infamous or famous Trulli train. I remember actually Trulli... Um, I went to Monaco in 2000. I remember watching Jano Trulli through that final corner and me and my dad were just like watching every single lap and Trulli was so much closer to the barrier than everyone else and I think he ended up on on the front row so he was he was a proper Monaco specialist from what I remember.
0: Monaco special uh, and Moving to qualifying, I mean, there's a little bit of spoilers. Thanks, Tommy. No worries. Uh, But we moved to to qualifying and the Bridgestone cars were struggling at Monaco. Of course, for people that don't know, back then there was the tyre war, Bridgestone versus Michelin. Some tracks Michelin were better, some tracks Bridgestone were better. And for me, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that it wasn't purely down to car performance, but there was another factor to kind of spice up the grids occasionally. Uh, But the Bridgestone cars, which Ferrari run, uh, were were struggling around Monaco and, and Schumacher was only fifth fastest. Uh, which became fourth after a penalty for his his brother Ralph uh whereas truly around monaco the track where you need track position he takes a sensational maiden pole position by almost 4 tenths of a second now you said about the whole go- him going closer to the walls than 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 everybody else Clearly had the confidence to, to get pole position. Uh, is it the best Monaco qualifying lap ever? I throw this up with uh, quite a high-pitched voice because I don't want you to say yes because it was definitely Schumi uh, in the Mercedes. But no It worries. wasn't
1: pole. Um, <laughs> it
0: was pole, <laughs> no, it provisional.
1: Was, no, it was the fastest lap, but it wasn't pole. Um, I, th- I think the, uh, the best Monaco qualifying lap has to be reserved for Senna in the McLaren. Um, but I think outside of that, Every time I watch the onboard of Trulli's pole app, it just absolutely blows me away. Um, because, I mean, for one reason is is Trulli was, as you said, Tommy, he was mega at Monaco, but also the Renault of that era was quite unusual and it had a lot of weight towards the rear of the car. And as Alonso sort of discovered in that era, the best way to get the or the the best way to get the most out of it was to just like fling the car into the corner predict the understeer perfectly rotate it on the apex and then power out um and there there are times on Trulli's pole lap where he's it looks like he's just going to turn into the wall but he's judged the sort of slip of the car perfectly and it just sort of is millimeters away from the it's absolutely magical
2: i, w- I watched it before we started recording this and yeah i i agree that the center 1988 lap where he was one point four seconds quicker than Prost has to be the, you know, the greatest Monaco or even one of the greatest qualifying laps ever. But I'd argue that this is definitely one of the most underrated because you don't hear much about it. And I watched it, and like you say, it's just absolutely mind blowing. I think if if people go on YouTube and find that lap, what I did was I was I was going through it. And if you pause, just like you were saying, Dan, if you pause moments where he's near the barrier, he's turning into the barrier and you think he's just He's just turning into the barrier. He's about to crash, and then, and like you say, the car because it's at high speed and the the slide of the car just misses it every time. And from the swimming
0: pool onwards is absolutely unbelievable. Good old Trilly, then absolutely banging in a pole position. Uh, And as I say, by four almost four tenths of a second. uh, But yeah, it's it's very difficult, isn't it, to say, oh, is it the best qualifying lap ever? Because what 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 makes it the best? Because you know, it might be. It was literally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, Jano Trulli, which you have to throw into the mix, don't you? But uh, but also it's the fact that obviously with the Senna, it, it, it's amazing to watch on board. And you can see how much he wrestles the car, but then the cars are so much more different with Jano Trulli and the fact that he has to predict the understeer and things like that. They're both special in their own way. And I think any pole position really uh, around Monaco is, is, a, is a brilliant watch, isn't it? Especially or fa- or one, fast, even, or fastest it's even if it's not
2: pole, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so let's t- t- take a look to the race now. Um, so... Pole wasn't surprisingly a guarantee of a win. Uh, and a nice little statistic here was that Monaco hadn't been won from pole since 1998. And bearing mind well we're in 2004 now. Uh, that's quite a long time for for someone not to win from pole, considering that, it, that that's literally it, isn't it? It's that whole, oh, you know, qualifying is more than half the race done. Why, why was Monaco back then not a guarantee of a win? Was it reliability? Was it just the fact that we'd had crazy races, crazy weather?
2: difficult more difficult to drive i guess yeah people made a lot more mistakes back then um i'm trying to think of of incidents yeah like unreliability obviously had some crazy races we've done we did the the podcast on 96 where everyone retired and panis won from 14th. so you had those races back then i guess now the cars are a lot more bulletproof and we very much rarely see a mistake even at monaco when it's meant to be this incredible challenging driver circuit we don't see as many mistakes because the drivers are just so good and the cars are so incredible whereas i guess back then one one little mistake and you're you're in the wall and it's game over so yeah, I yeah think, game
1: over indeed yeah i think you had to push a lot more in the races back then as well because it was more of a sprint you know you had refueling uh the tires were designed to last for stints at like maximum pace whereas now at monaco it's a lot more it's a lot more conservative in the races
0: yeah driving like 80 percent. you always hear about that don't you with the tires and the fact that they the they, well, it wasn't uh, George Russell at one point last year set the fastest or was the fastest man on track, and that just kind of highlights what what was going on.
2: Yeah, the leader can go at that speed, that really slow speed, and because, like you say, no one else is on lighter fuel, heavier fuel, it doesn't really matter because you're all going to pit at the same time.
0: Indeed. So, taking a look at the race now. So Trilly leads uh, from the start. Uh, Alonso up to second ahead of Jensen Button and then Michael Schumacher. And there was a spectacular crash on lap three between Fisichella and Coulthard, which brought out a brief safety car. Why why was it a spectacular crash? What happened?
1: Uh, Well, basically... Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato, yeah. (laughs) We've talked about BAR already, but although Button got a lot out of the car in 2004, Sato was quick, but for whatever reason, whether it was his driving style or just bad luck, he also had an awful lot of reliability issues. And early in the race, his engine started smoking and it blew up spectacularly, like smoke everywhere, basically blinding the drivers behind him. Um, And I think what happened was Coulthard sort of slowed down in reaction to it and Fisichella didn't because he didn't know what was happening and hit the back wheel of Coulthard's McLaren and sort of flipped upside down. I think it was coming out of the swimming pool. Um
2: Yeah, it is to back, yeah. It was the it was into tobacco back that Sato's engine, well, out, out of swimming pool it let go. And then obviously there's no runoff for Sato to go anywhere, so he's just it's it this was kind of very much of the era when an engine failure went absolutely boom and smoke went everywhere and the last place you want to be going into where you can't see a thing is to And like you say, it it just takes one driver to ease off and then the whole bottleneck happens and everyone is kind of like a domino effect. Everyone's like slowing down and then Fisichella flipped over, didn't he, into the wall.
0: Yeah, because I remember Yeah, I remember seeing that and thinking it was unbelievable, the amount of smoke that came out of um, of, of the car. And I, I feel for the drivers, because obviously if you call third, you're 3rd you're going to slow down because you don't have a clue what's about to, what's about to occur in front of you. But yeah, I, I can imagine that's exactly why such a huge crash happened. But that brought up the safety car. Obviously, it's Monaco. There's nowhere to go if there's a crash. Uh, but truly, comfortably leading the first half of the race. Uh, but when we look, take a look at the mid-race, there was another safety car. Uh, when Alonso crashes heavily while lapping Ralph Schumacher, which was quite an amusing incident, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was very strange. At first it, it what basically happened is Alonso was lapping Ralph, he tried to pass him into the tunnel, camera cuts to the exit of the tunnel and Alonso's going backwards out of the tunnel with, you know, wheels missing from his car sort of thing. Um what happened was Ralph tried to slow down in the tunnel to let Alonso pass. Alonso went round the outside where all the tire marbles and dirt and rubbish is, lost it, crashed. And then the onboard showed that as he was having the crash, like facing backwards, coming out of the tunnel at a hundred and whatever miles an hour, he's giving the double like giving the double middle finger to Ralph in the middle of an accident.
2: <laughs> I always remember that onboard when it, it cut to the onboard and yeah, you see Alonso giving it the middle finger going backwards. It's just the most ridiculous and kind of almost like badass thing to do. Um but, you just imagine like a slow motion,
0: can't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, if the least comes it's it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, unbelievable. But yeah, Ralph, not, not the smartest place to... It's difficult because those shots of the tunnel, and we'll go into it later because there's obviously another accident there, you can't really see, you can't really get a full picture of what happens because there's not really a good camera angle in there to see what's going on. But Ralph easing off there... I assume Alonso had no choice but to go on the marbles, and it's not really the smartest place for Ralph to let him by because you don't, you can't go around the outside of the the tunnel. It just, you just can't do it because there's so many marbles, and yeah, straight into the wall and out of the race while running second.
0: Crazy, crazy move to to try and do as you say, and it's not the only incident that happened in the tunnel. The next one we'll just kind of gloss over very quickly. We don't really need to talk <laughs> about it. Um, So Trulli pits from the lead, uh, with Schumacher staying out, and he takes the lead. And and when they're getting ready to race again, Schumacher was warming his brakes in the tunnel, and Montoya was ahead of him. But lap was he a lap car, or was he had yet to stop? Montoya
2: was behind him, wasn't he?
0: Oh no, behind. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Montoya was behind. Was he no? Was he behind?
2: Yeah, yeah. Montoya was behind. Schumacher Schumacher, kind of locked up.
0: Montoya was behind, and then Montoya just crashes, and what just drives straight into the back of him, doesn't he? yeah well, what's, your, what's your thought on thoughts on that incident because i don't want to talk about my thoughts on it
2: <laughs> it's again it's one of those ones in the tunnel where i've watched it back and you can't really get a good view of it because there's never any like proper camera angles or yeah, i don't I, I don't even believe i don't even believe they had onboards in the tunnel back then because they couldn't do it is that right yeah, yeah i think so even, think even, even as late as 2004 mm. but yeah you kind of see the aftermath of it and i think Schumacher's warming his tires and maybe like stop starting, but it's the kind of thing you expect behind a safety car, and then Montoya almost looks like he's trying to avoid Schumacher because he's he doesn't realise he's braked so heavily and almost tries to go up the inside to avoid him, but it's already too late. And it's just one of many incidents between Montoya and Schumacher of that era that I seem to remember. Those yeah because you
0: say that I recall it even more now because you had that camera shot of they, them coming out of the the tunnel wasn't it and then it was like Shomaku's out you know it was so weird to to see that because you don't expect it under the safety car do you
2: I remember thinking at the time when truly had paired and obviously this is after what had happened as we mentioned earlier in the podcast that this is the fifth race in a, a fifth race schumacher had won going into the sixth race and i remember just thinking uh oh, schumacher's won then He's back in the lead. He's going to win this. And then, like you say, comes out the tunnel with two, we- two, two wheels or three wheels. Can't remember. But heavily damaged car. And yeah, out the race.
0: Oh, painful. Painful to uh, reminisce. Uh, but we, we carry on. Schumacher out the race. Montoya, of course, out the race as well uh, with that with that crash. Um, so then we look, take a look at the fight between Jarno Trilli and Jensen Button, which I don't think many of us really thought was going to be the case going into the race after Ferrari's dominant performance. Where was Barrichello in all of this?
1: Uh, he was third, I think. I think he was the last car on the lead lap. Um, yeah, he just sort of had a quiet race and and just ended up third. But he was way behind because Ferrari just didn't have the pace at Monaco to really compete. Um, so, yeah. Why were the, why were the Bridgestones...
2: Uh, struggling at Monaco is it the heat or-
1: uh well from I what remember. actually is quite an interesting uh, i don't know if you've seen that uh, video that driver 61 did about alonso's weird driving style at renault yeah um, i saw that but yeah. there's a, there's an interesting point about it in the about the tires in that where we had bridgestone and michelin making the tires and bridgestone's tires were sort of slightly narrower and rounder in shape but worked better aerodynamically which with Bridgestone basically making tyres precisely for Ferrari is one of the reasons why Ferrari was so good. Um, Whereas Michelin, the tyres were sort of slightly squarer, had a slightly larger contact patch, so were more grippy, but not quite as aerodynamically efficient. And obviously at Monaco, aerodynamic efficiency doesn't really make much of a difference. You just want pure grip and downforce. So the Michelin suited that, whereas the Bridgestones couldn't quite get up to, uh, or didn't just didn't quite have the grip for that circuit because it's so unique.
2: It's weird, isn't it? Because yeah, Schumacher being so dominant, and then yeah, Ferrari didn't seem to be in it. In this, but um I think in B R pra- on the Michelin's, aren't they as well? Yeah, it? B R on Michelin's.
1: Great. But I think in practice, Bridgestone brought a tyre compound for Ferrari like a really soft one. And although it was good for one lap pace in, in the race, it just wasn't competitive enough. So they they went for the went for the older harder tyre which didn't really have the pace but also it would last in the race but it just wasn't very quick
2: and crazy to think that neither neither truly or button had won a race so this was a, a shootout for two people to get their first f1 and only f1 win at monaco
0: yeah, not a bad place to to do it would it. <laughs> no. Monte Carlo madness. So as you mentioned Dan, you had only three cars on the lead lap and that was Button, Trulli, Button and Barrichello. Um Button in the BAR was pressuring Trulli as you say both going for their first win which is just mental to think especially like whenever you're going to have a bit of nerves settling in. The the walls of Monte Carlo is not what you want to see if if you're leading your first ever race uh, or at least looking like you're going to win your first ever race um, and then and then with te- tense final laps Truly wins by only half a second. Uh, from Jensen Button and Barrichello was almost a lap down in third which just highlights again the the pace that that Ferrari didn't have around Monaco um and Dan that was really interesting about the the tires because again it's that whole Michelin versus Bridgestone and and but sometimes Bridgestone would just rock up at a track and be ridiculously quick and it was it's just kind of toed and fro didn't it with with it all but um yeah, truly. What what a moment for him. Incredibly grateful and humble after the race. What what was his kind of reactions like then? It was just kind of quite a quite a nice thing to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think he was just sort of shocked that his first win had come at Monaco. Um and he was I think he was almost surprised at his own performance. Um Just, you know, not quite expecting that he would turn up and basically have this perfect weekend where he's untouchable on pole position. And then in the race, although the gap was only half a second, I think after the race, Button said, oh, I could see that Trulli wasn't pushing at all. And that, you know, he was trying everything, but Trulli had him covered. And Trulli sort of said the same thing, like, oh, yeah, I was just sort of easing it home and not risking anything. So, you know, you have to wonder how much he could have won by if he had to give it 100% the whole way through.
2: It was it was one of those races similar to, I guess, the Senna and Mansell, and it's probably less remembered because it was two drivers that you would argue aren't as legendary as like a Mansell and Senna, especially take that back. They weren't champions and stuff. Um, So yeah, the the fact that Truly was just placing his car where he needed to and making sure he got the great exit that he needed when he needed to and stuff. But it is it is funny you mention about. And, and we'll go into this later because maybe it's, it's unfair to just remember him as the truly train, but you mentioned about it, it's surprising that his first win come as Monaco. For, for me, it, it is it's almost kind of comical that he was this driver known for being amazing at qualifying, could stick it on pole, but couldn't, couldn't have enough race pace to win, and then his only Formula One win came at a track that you can kind of win by qualifying well and people can't really overtake you.
0: It, it <laughs> that's fit well, in, well to the the yeah. theory, didn't it, really? Um, but of course, with, with Trilly winning, that meant that Schumacher's streak was broken. But that didn't really stop Michael, did it? As he <laughs> then won the next seven races. Uh, well, that's that's mad to think that he could have won uh, 13 in a row, uh, which is, I mean, quite mouthwatering for someone like me. But also 12 out of 13 is not bad, is it? Yeah, uh, but but the thing is, he, he was ahead, wasn't he? Of course, because uh, Trulli pitted, he hadn't. He still wasn't going to get track position when it all panned out.
1: Would he? No, I don't think he would have done. I mean, if it, if it was another track and Ferrari had this amazing pace, then yeah, maybe he would have been able to build up enough of a gap for his stop. But I don't think he or Ferrari really had the package to win that weekend. Because the way I see it panning out is that Schumacher might have got five or six seconds up the road at most, and then dropped behind them behind trillion button yeah. when he pitted i think third probably was on the cards for him but I, I don't think the win was really possible
0: but we had said that before hadn't we in schumacher's career and then he went and won um with ridiculously the strategies but again that's what monaco limits isn't it it's that strategy to 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 short fuel and go for a ridiculous stint around magnicor which is one of his most famous victories but yeah it's uh it certainly didn't look like he was going to win, but you never knew, do you? Uh, until he was wiped out of the race with three wheels on. Um, but but over to, to Trulli a bit more as that was his only win and he was having a great 2004, but then his form slipped. He was fired by Renault before the end of the year uh, and then joined Toyota. It's mad to think that he wins Monaco and then gets fired before the end of the year, isn't it?
2: Did The thing I remember from that season, and correct me if I'm wrong, Was I, I don't know if it was after this race, but the thing I always remember almost more than him winning Monaco was when he let either Schumacher or Barry Kello through at the end in France where. Yeah, it was Barrichello. It was, the fi- it was Barrichello on the final lap for a podium finish. And, and I remember briatori being absolutely fuming. Have yeah, yeah. And briatori was fuming and he was already under a lot of pressure that they were thinking about replacing him. And the fact that he'd, he'd bottled a podium on a, on the final corner when it really shouldn't have happened and Renault were looking strong. For In Renault's home finish. race as well, yeah. Home race, it was yeah. really embarrassing for them. Uh, and that was it, it wasn't the very next race after that, or was it? No,
1: no, he did five more races after that um, and got pole and spar as well, which is also a weird thing that tends to get forgotten. But um, yeah, it's a very weird season because that sort of first half of it, after the Monaco win, Alonso was his teammate, but truly was, was doing better than Alonso. Um, and even, even when he was fired from Renault, at the time he was fired, he had more points than Alonso in that season, which shows just how good he was sort of at the first half of the year. But I think, I don't, I don't know what's gone on there. I don't know if Renault was sort of favouring Alonso because he was the, the young guy, he was Briatore's driver and Trulli sort of was pushed out or whether Trulli just, I don't know, lost motivation or whatever. But yeah, it's a very weird situation at Renault, especially because they wanted to get, they they sacked him because he hadn't scored points for five races, and it was a really close fight with BAR, second in the Constructors' Championship. And then they brought in Jacques Villeneuve for the last three races of the year, which is like the most random driver sub ever, almost. How did he, how did he do? Really badly. He didn't Not... score points either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's really it's weird, just, wasn't yeah. it? It, it? It kind of screams Briatore, second driver mistreatment. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the second driver in a Briatori team but they've not been known for having the, the best the of the greatest times. luck and the best of times which kind of shows there's probably a lot more to it than just their driving ability
1: yeah yeah exactly I mean especially when you know Trulli went on to Toyota and then the next year when Alonso and Renault were having that great start to the year Trulli was like the second best driver I think he was second in the championship for a few races so you know he was a he was still a quality driver but for whatever reason the environment at Renault just sort of didn't work for him in the second half of 2004.
0: Yeah, it must be a weird one to have worked with Briatore, a man that was not afraid to do some dodgy deals and what isn't exactly the, the most innocent of uh, team team uh, bosses, is he? So uh, not surprised that five races and they're like, right, let's cut him off a little bit like Red Bull really in some ways, very savage. Um, but yeah, Terili's, uh career fizzled out uh, in 2011 and he is known for his Trulli train, as you mentioned, Tommy. It is a, b- a bit harsh for a Monaco race winner to only be known for his Trulli trains. But his Trulli train got him a Monaco victory, so I'm sure he'll sit there and sip on whatever he's drinking, uh, looking back at his career and-, and knowing that he he won Monaco. So I'm sure he'll be all right, right?
2: I'm, I'm probably going to get slated here for-, for saying this, but he's one of those drivers where you, th- you think it could have gone either way. And you- call me out if this is unfair, but at the time in 2004... I'd have put truly and Jensen Button in similar talent pools and level of kind of skill and and what what have you and it's just interesting how formula 1 works and it really does show that I'm not I'm not saying that people um win championships because they're lucky but you obviously do need that that luck to get a good car and the fact that Jensen Button's career kind of plummeted as well but then he got the brawn break which got him into a world champion i don't think truly you know it seems ridiculous to say but i I think truly was a very good driver he did some amazing things in in the prost for jordan and he was a really solid quick driver that you'd feel was you know as good as jensen button at the time but just never got that lucky break imagine if if um brawn hadn't come into formula one you know truly might have been on for a, a a season with Toyota because they were really quick in 2009 as well so yeah it's yeah. just it, that's formula 1 unfortunately it's it's crazy to think that there's not i wouldn't put much between yarno trulli and button in terms of talent at the peak of their career but one of them has only won one formula 1 race and one of them is a world champion it kind of shows what formula 1 is like
1: no no i completely agree with that i mean i think the truly train reputation you know it's kind of a jokey thing like oh look everyone's stuck behind Trulli again but the reason that was a thing was because he was so good at qualifying that he would just qualify way higher up the grid than really the pace of the car deserved to be and then everyone would just get stuck behind him because that was an era in f1 where overtaking was really difficult and you had this car that was out of position on race pace you know it's kind of like when mark webber used to qualify third for jaguar sort of thing you know because he was good at qualifying and then plummeted in the race that wasn't because he was a bad race driver it was because he was so good at qualifying that there was such a huge disparity between their performances across a weekend
0: yeah it it could be said that he was outperforming the car and then having to then manage it in the race but then i think it's fair to say that his race pace wasn't as good uh, as his qualifying and and that's what definitely where it let him down um but yeah I, i agree with that as well you know i Jensen Button obviously is a world champion and had an amazing year with Braun but that is luck that was luck that the fact that he sat into a car that was ridiculously fast and 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 that's the kind of stroke of luck that you need in in Formula 1 sometimes and it never really comes especially in such an amazing story as as Braun GP but
1: yeah anyway I mean we uh, I've mean, to carry on that sort of button comparison I mean like you say Toyota in 2009 truly was with Toyota that was a good car that year you know he got pole positions and podiums but at the end of that year Toyota quit F1 so truly was without a drive and had to go with a new team to stay in the sport and just that was the end of his career effectively whereas you know if Toyota had stayed in F1 truly would have stayed if the car had been good you know he might have been had a couple more years sort of fighting for podiums or who knows if Toyota had built a good car but yeah it's very strange although I did hear uh someone told me something quite interesting about him once uh, an engineer at a team he worked for uh apparently he was quite naive shall we say when it came to sort of technical setups of a car so you know if the car was good it suited him great if it wasn't good he didn't really he wasn't particularly great at explaining why it wasn't good or what was wrong with it so if the car was bad he couldn't develop it over a weekend into something more competitive
0: and that's what you need to be a world champion it's all the behind the scenes stuff that we all just speculate on because we don't know unless you work with them. But anyway, I think that's it. I think we're done uh, on the on the truly story, the miracle around Monaco. Um please do send us your stories or topic ideas that you'd like us to cover in this series. Uh, you can tweet us using the hashtag WTF1 podcast or send us an email but I think just use the hashtag cuz emails like so 2000s. That's it. Make sure to give us five stars on wherever you're listening and we're pretty much done, aren't we, Tommy and Dan? Unless you have any other burning things you want to say.
1: I love Yarno oh, Trulli.
0: Yeah,
2: throw it, throw you it. You love back Yarno, t- Throw it back to 2004 and send us an email via
0: your Hotmail, MSN. Lovely. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. See you soon for another That Time When podcast. Goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bovril. Beefy. Beefy.